live from Los Angeles, this is Dre's Geek Philosophy, the Monday, September 18th edition. Welcome, 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 Facebook, welcome, Twitch, welcome, iTunes. We have a second subscriber on iTunes, another friend of mine from Nintendo. Both of our iTunes subscribers I can conf- I have confirmed are both Nintendo employees. We've increased our listenership a hundredfold. We did, by 100%. We have increased our listenership on iTunes. We, we, we have two, two subscribers. Although right now, all my Nintendo friends are currently ha- are well, they all, they spent the day flying. They, oh. they were flying today to to, to to Phoenix, I believe. They're going. They're, they went to Phoenix. They're having their national meeting. One of the things I really miss about working at Nintendo is they, they once a year they have all the reps fly into one city. Yeah. We go to some sort of resort or hotel, and then they tell us all about what the what the holiday plans are. And that's currently all my friends. Uh, all, a lot of my friends who are still at Nintendo are flying off that. Right now, they're probably getting drunk ah. because uh, the first night, it's usually the, hey, let's all get together. We're all jet lagged. Let's fill everyone with alcohol and food. <laughs> and that was always my favorite night. <laughs> now, I always liked that night. That night is always fun because everyone's like, hey, you're, you're reunited with. Yeah. It's like a high school reunion, but every year. <laughs> and I, that is one of the things I dearly miss is seeing a lot of, all, all, all my cohorts. From Nintendo, mm. you know, the, the, one, yeah, the last time they were in San Diego, I was, I was, I almost made the drive down there to go see them, but then uh, I don't know, fate intervened, and like it was like, oh, maybe you shouldn't come down. Maybe it probably wouldn't be a good idea if you came down. I'm like, who would I be pissing off? Remember the seven years I went to meetings, there was always former reps if they were nearby, they'd always come on by and say hello to everyone, and like, hey, maybe in the future I would be one of those reps. Who are like, hey, everybody. Yeah. Like if they ever have if they ever have a meeting in L.A., which they never will, <laughs> they always like going like the like a, a like resortish areas like San Diego or there resorts in Phoenix. <laughs> there, uh, there actually are resorts in Phoenix. Golf getaways. Oh, Golf getaways, sir. Sense. Yes. Uh, two two of the two of the meetings that I had with Nintendo were in, were in Arizona. Actually, one of them means I was drunk the virtually the entire time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Literally, as soon as I got there, night one, I got sloshed and then continued to stay sloshed. <laughs> like everyone would go to lunch and I would go to the bar because they'd, they'd give us a little card. Like, here are all your meals. I'm like, cool. <laughs> like I would use that at the bar. I'm like, yo, <laughs> swipe off 20 bucks. Give me a couple of Jack and Cokes, bro. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that, that, that there was one particular meeting where I was just drunk the entire time. I'd go back to meetings. I was like, that sounds like 2014. That that was I don't remember what year it was, but I think it was I think it was before I met I met you, Mr. Sam, when I did. Oh no, I'm talking about that. Sounds like my 2014. Where you were just drunk the entire time. You're 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 drunk and or high and or everything. But you know, but if any of my Nintendo friends eventually says, hey. I hope you guys have a good time, Phoenix, and hear all about Super Mario Odyssey and what they're going to do with the Switch and all the all the secrets that will eventually get leaked out by someone who will get fired. I remember my, my very first meeting, it was Orlando in 2005. Like All the stuff, it was before the Wii had come out, or it was actually, it might have been, the, it was the year before the Wii came out. They gave us all these details about the Wii, and then some asshole went and leaked all the information <laughs> out. It was literally, I mean, the Nintendo Internet Ninjas found them <laughs> really quick. Wow. Whatever, whatever company they subcontract to find shit. They found him, and he was fired within 24 hours, and then we all got a sternly worded email from Reggie fils himself. It said, we trust you reps with information to help you in the field. One of you chose to broke that trust. They're like, damn. Yeah. And like for a few years, they didn't trust us with shit because, hey, yeah. who knows if there's another asshole who's going to be like, oh, here, Kotaku. <laughs> Here's some cool information. Here's the cool DS is coming out next year. There's a legend. Oh, for one year, I think I, I remember I texted you yeah. because uh, your lovely girlfriend, Joanna Morales, she loves Legend of Zelda, and yeah. I texted you. I'm like, bro. 
there's something you're going to need to get your girlfriend this, this November. There's going to be a Legend of Zelda DS. Remember, I texted you. Yeah. Literally, after the meeting was over, I just texted this guy. I'm like, he needs to know this because you need to set aside 150 bucks mm-hmm. to buy this for your girlfriend. Yeah. So Nintendo decided to become people pleasers over the last week. Oh, yes. I, you, know, it's, you know, it's funny. There's, there's stuff I knew I was going to forget because stuff happens on Tuesday. And whatever happens on Tuesday, I always forget by the next Monday. Yeah. But thankfully, the man who is high all the time, executive <laughs> producer Samzia, managed to remember. Nintendo. Not low. You're, he's, you're not low. You, you, my friend, are definitely not low. Nintendo announced that they were going to produce the shit out of Super Nintendo Classics and next year bring back the NES Classic for people oh, wow. who are not able to get their hands on one. I. I I was flabbergasted by that information. Pleasantly flabbergasted. Pleasantly. It was a pleasant it was like a good fart. One that one that doesn't <laughs> smell really bad. Like you get all the gas out and it feels good. You know what I feel like they did it for? Why? Because there were so many people buying a whole, like hoarding them so that they can make money, you know. So for because of the resellers. Yeah. yeah so well, generally Nintendo kind of so that resellers wouldn't be making more money on the systems than that. Generally Nintendo doesn't care. Nintendo, uh, Nintendo is kind of like they they don't like. Well, as far as Japan is concerned, they don't see that because like a lot of these decisions, people think that Nintendo of America has any control. Nintendo of America has no control. <laughs> Nintendo of America acts at the whim, yeah. uh, uh, at the courtesy of Nintendo of Japan. Nintendo Company Limited. That that is what Nintendo. It's not called Nintendo of Japan. Is Nintendo Company Limited? NCL. Those three letters will scare will scare most Nintendo reps. Whenever you hear NCL, it's like. Their buttholes tighten up because <laughs> that means Japan, the home company. <laughs> but w- for whatever reason, Nintendo Company Limited decided, hey, let's make more of these things. I may- maybe they did react to the ne- all the negative publicity about that. That that, that could be a reason, or they they, they saw a, a, they saw an opportunity. Maybe we can make more money. Maybe. It could be as simple as that. They, uh, and heaven knows, maybe it's simply just to contradict me. <laughs> Honestly, maybe, because, maybe, because hey, Nintendo employees, Nintendo employees listen to this and watch this, so maybe the word got back up all the way up to the top. Like, you know what? Fuck that bald guy who used to work here. <laughs> Let's make more of these things to fuck him and fuck all of his theories that he always says. Hey, I, I think this is a good move as far as like... It's just, a great move. Well, the A, they can make money on this. This yeah. is a... a yeah. I'm like sure, I said, it's I'm not sure it's not long term. Of- it's not long term money. I mean, obviously, yeah. they they don't see a lot of return on investment on this. No. But this is a, they're buying goodwill. Yeah, and not just that, the amount of money they spend producing it is uh, is probably not not as huge as the money that they're going to make from it on that on those runs. But Sam, as I talked about, as we've talked about here on the show before. They only have one factory. That's the thing. Yeah. They, they, they could be taking away from Switch production. Maybe, okay, maybe they're looking at things. Maybe Switch is not, is the, it's calming down. Because I'm starting to see, I posted a photo on yeah. Facebook the other day. Oh, hey, hey, I saw some Switches out in the wild. They, they had been hard to find from March, and for six months. From March up until recently, Switches have been hard to find. They're still hard to find in Japan. Yeah. Japan, it's still a struggle. Game developers talk about how they don't have a, there was a game developer. I forgot for what game it was. Oh, it was the developer for for No More Heroes. He's like he doesn't have a switch because it's still a pain in the ass to try to find one in Japan. Yeah, and and he could call Nintendo and get one, but he doesn't want to do that. He he doesn't want to disrespect regular consumers. He's like, oh, I'm a consumer too. Yeah, I would rather wait until I can buy one at a store, which yeah. I think is actually kind of cool. I mean, so, I mean, he Hello, could totally honor <laughs> right. Well, you know, Japan is full of honor. You know, <laughs> they, 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 they are a very honorable society. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that yeah. deeply. 
But it's just, yeah. But honestly, to your point, yes, they're they're not just making money. I think they're they're purchasing goodwill here. Yeah, I'm sure it makes people feel better. Oh, we lost the internet on, huh? We lost the internet on Switch. Rest in potatoes, rest in pepperonis. Let's see what happened. Bring back the thing. All right, I'll bring it back. Let's bring it back. This is the fun of doing everything live. I love doing things live because you never know when something fun could happen. Start broadcasting. Start broadcasting. Well, we're we're back on Twitch. All right. Well, we're are we, let's see. The red light is preparing. It's preparing. Preparing. So anyway, while that tries to come back on the air, I don't know what's going on <laughs> with, with that. Nope. It cannot connect the server. Let it sit for a sec. We'll, well, we'll let it sit. Uh, my my, oh, my I'm sure my friend Crunchy Sashimi would be disappointed. Well, he wasn't watching right now, but <laughs> he he's one of our dedicated uh, viewers on Twitch. But speaking of things that people are dedicated about, mm-hmm. Sam. Yes. Last Thursday, yes. you went to a concert. I did. Uh, you invited me, but unfortunately, I had a board meeting with this gentleman over here to my right that I, I I was not willing to miss. But you saw Tears for Fears and Hall and Oats. Yeah, both of both. them. Hall and Oats. Both Hall and Oats. <coughs> and Tears for Fears. And Tears for Fears. That, nice. that that's, a, that's a great double play, especially since I've been listening to a lot of Pandora 80s. So that, that's been like really heavily in the rotation for me as, I, as I've been listening. Don't mind me. Please elaborate about this concert. I've seen Holland Notes once before. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were great. They uh, last time I saw them, it was in Irvine. It was during the day. It was uh, the, the, it was back about the old uh, the Irvine the, uh, uh, the Irvine Meadows. Oh, yeah. awesome! And it was awesome. It was a great show. They had great energy and everything. Mm-hmm. It was about two years ago. And then this time around, they didn't take the stage until nine. And I get the feeling it was a little bit past Hall's bedtime. Oh really? Because he was a little slow. Because <laughs> Hall's like uh, oh, they slowed up every there. song down. They brought it down. Like they turned it into kind of a smooth jazz kind of. Private so eyes and, are and then, like, watching. At the end, at, at the very end, that's when they decided to play some of their more upbeat stuff mm-hmm. and got the crowd going. But it, but really, honestly, Tears for Fears stole the show. Oh hell yeah, dude! They were incredible. It, it, uh, mm-hmm. all, but seriously, Roland and Kurt, freaking phenomenal. Their, their voices. Still carry strong. Roland is on fire. They play amazingly, and they really had the crowd going. And, oh, that's fucking you know, cool. It was it, it. All of us left there saying we really got to catch more Tears for Fears live. They're yeah, really that's cool. good live. It, you know, it wasn't until recently I started listening a lot more '80s on Pandora, where I didn't. I didn't. There's a lot of bands I didn't realize I was a fan of. Like, oh, yeah. there's because I always felt like because of the the way we grew up, where the the internet or, or before the internet when we grew up, where we listened to a song on the radio and the radio wouldn't necessarily tell us yeah. what <laughs> yeah. song we just heard or the are the artists we just heard. So there's a lot. I feel there's a lot of songs from our generation that we 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 know the songs, we hear the songs, but we have no idea what the title is. Yeah. And then even worse, we don't know who the artist is. Mm-hmm. And now, thanks to the internet and thanks to like streaming audio, we can see. Name of the artist, name a song, what album it's yeah. from. Yeah. And I learned, I'm a Tears for Fears fan. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, I love so many of their songs. I'm like, oh, I've heard their songs in movies and yeah. on the radio back in the day. And then you hear it, I mean, it permeates. You hear like best ofs and then like, oh shit, I really like Tears for Fears. That's the advantage that I've had working the working radio. that I've had. Yeah. I get to at like... I have the playlists there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've In San Diego, I was, you know, it was old school R&B and everything like that. So I got such a great education in music and who the artists were and what the songs were. And you want to know what a really, really big thing was later on after I had stopped doing music radio and focused more on talk and sports was rock band. 
Oh yeah, rock band, rock band, dude. Hell yeah, that made an incredible impact on a lot of people learning about older music. That I would have to include myself in that. I I, I learned that I was a fan of a lot more music than I realized. I remember initially looking at like you know old Guitar Hero, and then later on Rock Band, realizing some of these songs. I'm like I, I'd see the title, I'm like, what song is this? And I I would be playing it, and I'm like, oh shit, I know this song. This song is bad fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really. Tears for Fears had a song on rock. Had a few songs on rock mm-hmm. band, and they and some of them were just beautiful to play. And what you get a deep appreciation live, for you know. the like how good musician wise their musicianship is, uh, and they really showed it on stage. They did a great job, and I got arguably the greatest shirt of all time. <laughs> yes, all it's that. the must the oats mustache. The oats mustache. <laughs> that is hilarious. The oats mustache. Mustache. I, I know you love mustache. You love mustache jokes. I know that's. Boy, do I ever. <laughs> and I'm sure that back in your day, you loved to give a lot of women mustache rides. Ah! Yeah, I was good at that. <laughs> Who wants a mustache ride? But uh, we're almost a month away from Halloween, too. I was thinking about going dressed as oats for Halloween. I mean, you can totally pull it off. Now, now he has a, what, longer? It doesn't have, like, a little longer a little hair longer now? longer hair. My hair is, is Your hair is comparable right there, like sir. That. He shaved off his mustache. I honestly, <laughs> I he looks a little funky with it. But I honestly, I'm going to, I would grow the mustache mm-hmm. just so I could go as 80s oats. <laughs> I guess that would behoove me to find a blonde wig and 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 shave my face and, and be Hall. <gasps> it would behoove me. Whoa, here she comes. <laughs> Watch out, boys! Oh no, we we can't really sing on this when no, we no. post this on iTunes. No, no, we're not singing. We're I, not singing. We're I, we're merely quoting the songs. Yes. We we are not singing. There is no audio. There is he no music. He is a man eater. The man eater. There's five naked guys. Fucking you. Yes. Five I naked guys. guys. <laughs> fucking you. Fucking. Oh, it was, it was that, great. That, that, there the was, c- copyright Samzia. Yeah, there was a lot of songs that, like, during the Hollow Notes set, both Koch and I began singing the, the dirty of, versions. Of course of. you. Of, of course you both did. Well, I mean, yeah, you guys are famous for doing that back, back in, in karaoke. Where, where was it? I would caught you to do a hey, hey there, Delilah, but. Uh, hey there, vagina. <laughs> hey there, vagina. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, apparently we're just not going to be on Twitch tonight. Apparently, <laughs> thankfully we have enough internet to stay on Facebook. Hey, Facebook! And of course, we're recording this for our two two iTunes subscribers. Two iTunes, two iTunes subscribers. Uh, yeah, it's just us. <laughs> thank you. I, I'd like to thank. Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna make a special shout out to Rick Mears and Malin Terrell Evans. Thank you both, gentlemen, for subscribing to the show. A little quick shout out for you. That's the bonus for being personal friends of mine and letting me know that you subscribed. Little shout outs like that, it really go a long way. Patreon page for these two guys. (laughs) (laughs) What? We get some burgers afterwards. (laughs) Send them some burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one's in Seattle, the other's in Sacramento, so it's kind of tough to. If you if you contribute twenty five dollars to your Patreon page, you can come down and have steak and shake with us. There you go. Hey, you know we'll be be using the twenty five dollars to pay to pay for the steak and shake. But hey, works out. That you know what? That's not a bad idea. I'm sure we can find some Patreons who want (laughs) to. People who are not friends of mine who want to come on the show. He's obviously a friend of mine. Hey, come on down. We had one friend who kept saying he wanted to come down. Jason. Galindo? Yeah. I'm calling him out. Yeah, Jason Galindo. Yeah, he wanted to come down and be on the show. but Yeah. 
seriously. I, I, I couldn't get out of work. I, could, I, I couldn't get out, man. Well, Sorry. Are Fuck. You, are Fuck, you man. watching your dad in his Las Vegas, Las Vegas residency right now? See, uh, see th- this gentleman, uh, Jason, he looks like Lionel Richie. Oh, Lionel Richie's son. <laughs> Lionel Richie's son. No, he doesn't look like he looks like his son. I'll show you photos later. Yeah, all the photos we have of him are of him dancing on the ceiling <laughs> all night long. All night long. <laughs> Does he call you from time to time? And... <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, ask uh, ask us if if he's the one we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, the mat? The... Yes, the doormat. One one of Sam's neighbors has a doormat. Where it's Lionel Richie, it's hello, is it me you're looking for? We might need to post that picture on the Dre's Geek website. Philo- Dre's Geek Philosophy website. Oh, Joseph Gasparian. Dre's Greek Falafel. Dre's Greek Falafel. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds delicious. Dre's Geek Falafel. Greek Falafel. That does sound really good. Hey, weird. you know what? If, if I can figure out, if I can, if you get me the recipe, I'll cook it. That's some weird fusion. That might be like a bad. sponsorship with a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you mention Dre's Geek Philosophy, you get a five dollar discount on Dre's Greek Falafel. Greek Falafel. <laughs> That's a theme restaurant it's a theme. for this podcast. Yeah, you know? in, in twenty years when this is successful, uh, uh, and I'm a I'm a I'm a fifty seven year old man. <laughs> you know they don't well, allow live from Greek. Los Angeles. I've lost track of what I'm doing. <laughs> you know they don't allow me to go to the Greek place by my place anymore. What? Yeah, no, they don't let me go there anymore because I, it was, I went there and the food wasn't good and it was I started really complaining, and getting really pissed off about it. It was a really shitty falafel and I just got they ended up calling the cops and I ended up oh, getting wow. no seriously it was a big thing. <laughs> Bottom, and, and, what? No, no, uh, no. At the end of it all, I became unlawfully awful because of an awful falafel. You're fired. <laughs> I believe I you had me going You're like you had me you reeled me in I was like really I mean I could believe I could believe Sam Zia causing a ruckus where I, I've seen I, you I, mad before I, I have seen Sam Zia enraged before and I could believe Sam Zia would be so mad that they would call the cops but we totally well I, well, I don't know about you I feel like you probably didn't walk into that one. <laughs> I don't know. I was halfway. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you had one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, you, you, you believed it. I, I, I was buying it, and then all of a sudden, it was like, I, and then you hit us with the freaking puns. And that was a ton. Of I felt fun. like I that felt like, like McGregor being pummeled by freaking Mayweather. Pun, 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 pun. What the fuck? I just got a black guy from a black guy. <laughs> For fuck's sake! I was saying Joseph Gasparian here on Facebook Live. Said for steak and shake, I will make new friends. <laughs> nice. There you go. I know uh, Joseph. You can make the drive on over here <laughs> from, from from Laverne, from the Laverne area. <laughs> or uh, I forgot, were you in Laverne or Almonte? I forgot, my friend. I just know that we met at Target back when I was the Nintendo representative. Uh-huh. Man, you know what? I want to take. Well, let's, let's, I want to have a moment of silence. We're gonna have a moment of silence here. You know what? I usually don't care about celebrity deaths most of the time. A lot of times, I'm kind of like everyone dies. You know, we, yeah. we, we I soon will be taken from the mortal coil at some point in my life. The way I'm living my life, I'm sure it'll be sooner rather than later. <laughs> Damn. But most of the time, you know, like you know, it, it has to be someone like I really feel like his impact. Like, like when Bowie died last year, yeah, that fucked me up because yeah. Bowie was freaking born earlier this when Chris Cornell passed away. That really messed me up. But most of the time, oh, it's if it's just someone I'm like, oh, that's a famous person. Okay, died, but. Someone from my childhood passed away yesterday. And uh, as anyone who's listened to this for a long time or watched this show for a long time, I love profes- professional wrestling as I burp right through the middle of that. 
this, the quality podcasting you get here at Dre's Greek Falafel. Greek Falafel. You're welcome. We're, make, we're making that shirt, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go to one hour tees. We'll, we'll set up a, a, a we'll set up a t-shirt store for the for the for the podcast, yep. and that's gonna be one of the first shows. Dre's Geek, Greek Falafel. It's like you in an apron. Like, Me in an apron <laughs> with a chef's hat. Yeah. And if you visit our Patreon page and contribute seventy five dollars, you can be a part of Dre's Greek, Greek falafel. falafel. Get in the ground floor. Get in on the ground floor on the Patreon. So. I love professional wrestling, yeah. and last night one of the great voices of professional wrestling, one of the great personalities, one of the great minds, the the well the minds that's part of his gimmick, <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan. If anyone is a wrestling fan, anyone who's been a wrestling fan any time in the last twenty years, you know who Bobby the Brain Heenan is. He goes all he he was a manager, he was a commentator, he was he, he actually was a wrestler when he was much younger. He was yeah. the weasel. He was the weasel. Yeah, he, he called himself the Brain, but he was also the weasel. He, yeah. But I was one of the best talkers. He was very good at making an entire arena hate him. Oh wow. That that's a problem a lot of these professional wrestlers have today. It's very hard for them to be hated. Like they 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 try to be the cool bad guy. Like I'm the cool guy that oh I'm bad but you all like me. Or like yeah. it's it's weird. But no Bobby he relished the fact that everyone hated him and he incited it. He called everyone humanoids. Like they're not human. They're humanoids. They're morons. And he just uh, he was so great in like inciting rage out of his one of his most famous one of his famous broadcast partners was uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Oh God! Rest yeah. in peace, Gorilla as well. And those two together were freaking magic. You, even if you weren't a wrestling fan, you would just be entertained at them their banter just going back and forth. They constantly Gorilla was like, "Will you stop?" Because Bobby would say something ridiculous, mm-hmm. stuff that would not make it today because it wouldn't be PC. <laughs> Because all the all the Mexican jokes he make at poor Tito Tito Santana, my God, oh, all the yeah. time, like no. the flying burrito. That's what he call his flying forearm. Flying burrito. <laughs> he needs to get back to his taco truck. Like man, he he wouldn't he really wouldn't get away with this shit today. No, but he knew how to draw heat towards P, and especially if people who were not good at doing promos themselves weren't good at ma- drawing heat themselves. Yeah. You just put him in as their manager, and he is God. Yeah, like uh, the the greatest example is uh, uh, Andre the Giant, who was a good guy for like most of it, like throughout the seventies and in the early eighties, he was always a good guy. But at some point in the in the early eighties, uh, they they made him a bad guy, and his manager was Bobby. He it was Bobby Heenan had turned him bad, and now everyone like where everyone had loved oh Andre oh. Anybody want a peanut? You know, everyone loved that guy, but they 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 he he, he was so good at creating negativity. Towards a person, he got everyone to boo Andre the Giant, and which back then during wrestling, you know, because they had their, they had a big heyday in the, in the early '80s. So the rock and wrestling, they were on they were on MTV back when MTV played music, and when MTV yeah. was still relevant. Ha! <laughs> back when it was relevant. Back <laughs> when there was actually a video. No, there, there was actually music videos. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually watched it so much I could tell you what videos would be in the rotation. In the rotation. <laughs> of course you would. Because I, I remember. If I wanted to see the video for uh, MC Hammer, to, uh, too legit to quit, then I had to sit through Unskinny Bop. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember my, in, the, in the early late '80s when The Simpsons became a thing. Yeah, and there was a music video for Do the Bartman. Yeah, Bart oh yeah, I remember. I, I, during the summer, if I turned on the TV at like two o five, it would come on. It would come on. That they, they they ran such a tight rotation on their on their music videos. Like if you want to see a video, like I have to run, like oh my god, it's like two ten. I just missed the end of the video. So like the next day, I would turn on at two o five. I'm like, all right, Do the Bartman. Fuck yeah, because it was really funny. He's like, oh, yeah. it was like original Simpsons animation. 
But in this in this weird song, do the Bart Man. But yeah, no, Bobby Heenan was was great. Sam, do you do you have any memories of a uh, of Bobby the Brain Heenan? Because I know I have my favorite Bobby the Brain Heenan mo- moment. Do you do you have any anything that stands out? Because I know I feel like maybe you you're more of a wrestling fan when you were younger. Because I know you always yeah. favor the 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 old school like the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, no, I'm definitely an old school wrestling fan, and uh, that's the thing. If if I if it wasn't for the WWE Network. I would still think about him every once in a while, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. It, I wouldn't really remember mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff. Since I've been watching a lot of the old school, especially the old school uh, Saturday Night Main Events, I've just been watching mm-hmm. that nonstop. He's got they they have those little silly skits, yeah, where he'd be involved a lot. And he, uh jeez, there was so many great ones. You know what? It's not so much any specific moment. moment. It's how he was able to, at his age and size, fly out of the over the top rope and land on his feet. Out of the ring, yeah. No, like was, he knew how to get the hell out of the ring. He was a wrestler early yeah. on. He he definitely was a, a part of the, the. He he knew how to take bumps. The time, okay, a good memory was when uh, uh what was it, Matilda, the bulldog, huh. uh, went after him. Yes, that's right. Like that, and he the British bulldog like versus the, uh, whatever like the, team he was managing. He came in wearing the jacket so that mm-hmm. the dog could attack. Oh, him. that's right. <laughs> Yeah, he was that. That was that was something that I feel that's something that's missing today. A lot of he was willing to do ridiculous shit, yeah, to make the other person look good. Because that that's something that's missing a lot of days. Like people are not they want to make themselves look good. Because of course, like I said, it's part of a performance. Yeah. It, like wrestling is a performance. It is it's it's an athletic performance. But sometimes these people are not willing to make themselves look bad to help someone else out. Where Bobby the Brain, he was willing to he like. The Ultimate Warrior would knock him out and put him in a weasel suit, and he'd oh, wake yeah. up in a weasel suit, like oh, and he's trying to take out the weasel. The, the tail's flying around, and he's like <laughs> flipping and flopping in the ring. How he was held out of the first Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he couldn't get inside the first Monday Night Raw. I remember like, that. He dressed up. He, he dressed up as an old lady trying to get in. Yeah. But my favorite Bobby the Brain Heenan performance. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's his bet at his best. I say peak Heenan was the 1992 Royal Rumble. Okay, that, you have to remind me which one this I, was. I, no, I'm about to elaborate. Yes, I because um, around that time, Ric Flair had left WCW and came to the WWF, and uh, Bobby Heenan became basically like his his manager or or his associate. He was he was his business associate. Uh, I can't manage Mr. Flair, but I will be his business manager, his business associate. And so Bobby Heenan, he was on the call for that Royal Rumble, and Ro- and um, <laughs> Ric Flair came and he was the second entrant. Or he was second or third. He was really early. And then, like, he put on, like, the flair lasted the entire match. And Heenan was just terrified the entire time. He, like, this was his investment. And then I believe it was Gorilla Monsoon was calling the match with him. And it was like, oh, no, there's your money. There goes your, <laughs> there goes your free ride. <laughs> Heenan, no, no, this isn't, like, his lines were like, this isn't fair to flair. This isn't fair to flair. And when someone would help flair, yes, yes, I've always liked you. You're the best. And then, and then someone, no, screw you. Damn you. Leave flair alone. This isn't fair. Like, throughout the match, it wasn't just that. He wouldn't just repeat saying, he was just, you, his emotions were coming out as the match progressed. He got more and more frantic and more and more insane, and he was just maniacal near the end. Because all of a sudden, Flair was in the in the very end. He's like, "Oh, he's made it this far! I can't believe it!" And he's just it, it, one of the greatest performances by a commentator in his. He he literally made the match much more entertaining than it actually was, and it, it, it's something I actually still go back. Like I wanted to watch it last night. 
but I, I couldn't find an hour and a half, two hours to watch the actual Royal Rumble match to sit down. And it's always been a, a match like, like I, I have the Euro, even before the network, I have most of these on DVD because I'm that's yeah. I, that's how much of a fan I am. I have a bunch of this stuff on DVD, and so I would occasionally, yeah, we have a viewer. I know that's why I was looking up. We have a viewer. Hi. Thank you. We managed to get back onto Twitch. It wasn't working earlier, but we're back on Twitch. But it was amazing, yeah. Heenan, and that, that that's always the example of like, well, people always say like, a lot of a lot of the articles that you saw online yesterday about Heenan, people were always referencing, yay, Crunchy, woo! Thank you for watching, bro. We weren't on earlier because the internet was being awful. Crunchy, I want in on your Destiny clan. Yeah, hey, oh yeah, Sam. Uh, Sam wants to join your Destiny Two clan. Thank you. So he can benefit and help and do all the things that D Destiny people do on Destiny Two. And Crunchy says, "Woo." All right, that that sounds like approval to me. Okay, back to the groove. <laughs> back to the groove. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's always been cited as Bobby Heenan's greatest performance is the 1902 Royal Rumble. A lot of these, you know, in memorams, all these articles are posted about Bobby Heenan. But he he was one of the best, and he was an integral throughout the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, where he left WWE, WF, and went to WCW. And he was a part of some of their big moments over there. When Hulk, Hogan, it was funny because the night that Hulk Hogan turned into a bad guy. It's like, yeah. oh, he uh, Heenan was because uh, Bobby Heenan would always say, oh, he, uh, Hogan is awful. I don't know why everyone sees it. And then it was like this redeeming moment for Bobby Heenan. Like, I was right. Hogan's evil. Look, look, I was right. I was right the whole time. I was right for 20 years. And there's this, this hilarious moment of like Heenan being proved correct when Hogan turns into a bad guy and Heenan losing his shit that night on Monday Night Raw of like, I was right. I was right. <laughs> Oh, it, it's too, he 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 was truly one of the greats in that. And it, it did really. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been active in wrestling right now. So it, it, it's, he's been sick. He's he, been sick. He, he had, had cancer. Yeah. He had a stroke. I mean, it was a word. He had like a guy who relied on speaking had throat cancer. It's freaking awful. Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, it's still it's like when he did pass away. Like I saw a lot of my friends were posting on Facebook. A lot of my fellow wrestling fans were all like, "Oh shit!" It's like, like I can't, like people didn't know he was sick or didn't know he was an infirm. Like I feel like some people probably didn't know he was still alive. I mean. It was yeah. just kind of it was it's kind of shocking, but you know he did. I, I as a kid, I hated his guts, and as an ad, and, and as an adult, I appreciate what he contributed. Like I, I, you know, going back watching the network and seeing, man, this guy was a genius. This guy truly oh, yeah. was really smart, and he was very entertaining. In a, in in an entertainment art form, which is professional wrestling, he was very entertaining and very integral to a lot of the success of many performers. And he that. knew the game. He, did. he knew exactly what needed to be done mm -hmm. at a specific moment. That's why he was such a good commentator. He knew what needed to be said. Exactly. He knew how to make people seem more important than they actually were. You know, direct the attention to what was needed to be directed. Is he your favorite manager of all time? I would have to say yes. Yeah. I, if, I, if I really think about as as far as wrestling managers, yeah, he yeah he has to be the best. He's up there. I can. I can't think of any other manager short like maybe the closest one maybe like Paul Heyman when he's when he's doing management he's like right up there. Yeah. But as far but it's just like like Heyman is really good at talking but like just the longevity of yeah uh, there without Heenan there is no Heyman. Yeah exactly no like hands down without yeah, yeah without that inspiration without that there is no Paul Heyman. Yeah I, I'm also partial to uh, Cornette. Oh, Jim, oh well I, I know you like Jim Cornette. I I'm, love Jim Cornette. I'm. I have I have mixed feelings about Corny. Oh, I love him because on screen, he's, no, he's like a on dick screen, in all the right ways. <laughs> no, but like behind the scenes, he's a fucking shithead and an asshole. Yeah, he's treated a lot of people who are talented very poorly. 
Yeah, I can imagine. But like, that's part one in particular is Kevin uh, Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. That's that's a guy he he always because he was overweight. He always gave him a lot of shit and never thought he would he could succeed. And he yeah. has obviously proved him wrong. Yeah, for sure. But he, I don't think any of the managers I can remember. I mean, I honestly, my there's a lot because you know sensational Sherry of all the managers is slick. Oh, slick! Just, just Jive because, Soul, bro. Just Jive Soul, he bro. Was, he was the only guy in the entire white guy wrestling universe that could sell Akeem. Yeah, he turned a white guy black. I, I, I love uh, bringing that up, and when we blew Lamar's mind, yeah. when Lamar was shocked at finding out there there was a wrestler who was a white guy who was turned African. Yeah, <laughs> who was partnered with a cop with, from with, Cobb with, County. Oh yeah, we we talked about that on the show here a few weeks ago. I remember singing the Boss Man theme. Yep. I remember that. So let let's shift gears here. We're we're gonna shift gears. We're gonna talk about video games for the rest. We're we're gonna we're gonna pull the parachute. We're gonna go back to our good old reliable topic, video games. That there's been a few article. There was a couple articles that came out in the last six days, where I really want to touch upon this. Uh, t- this morning, I actually saw a ar- great article about the cost of video game developer. One of the writers from Kotaku. He he wrote a book talking about a lot about game development where it's something that I frequently bring up yeah. on this show is that people don't understand the cost of creating a game and the, those costs continue to skyrocket and yet the um, how much you pay for a game really hasn't changed in the last 10 20 years it's only gone up uh, it's only gone up a fraction I mean like we, we paid forty dollars for ps1 games and like mm-hmm. ps2 and ps3 games we paid like 50 or ps2 was 50 and then PS3 and PS4 games, like to 60, to just yeah. use those as those generations. Like the current generation is sixty. Yeah. The last two generations have been sixty dollars. Yeah. And I feel over the cost, the, the cost of production has gone up so much. Where they cited, like they wouldn't say exactly what the actual budget of some of these major games would be, but some of the developers would say the the rough cost of a game yeah. is literally, well, depending on the number of people you have on this on the well, not, actually not even depending on the number of people, each person you have working on the game that roughly. Uh, equates to a thousand dollars a month, or uh, ten thousand. Oh, oh yeah, ten. It was ten thousand dollars a month. And that doesn't. That's not just their salary, but that also includes the cost of the, the office, the cost of all the thing, cost you know of payroll, all the all the other things that mm-hmm. a lot of things that you don't see. Yeah. Like like a lot of these uh, you know un, unseen costs. You yeah. know. The administration stuff. Administrative stuff. Yeah. The logistical stuff. Mm-hmm. Paying for an office space. Paying for internet. Paying for equipment. It's. $10,000 per month mm-hmm. per person on a game. So if you have five guys, five naked guys. Yes, <laughs> fucking are developing you. this game. Five naked guys developing your game. <laughs> See, I, I, I couldn't help myself there. I had no, to make the, no, the, the, the callback to Hall & Oates. If you have five guys working on a game for a year, that's $50,000 a month for a year. That's like so. You're talking like that. Like, I I can't do quick math because I'm getting old. But that's a shitload of mo- money working on one year. That's why a lot of these kickstarters. That's why they ask you for about like two three million dollars. And that's maybe if they get the game done in a year, hopefully that can pay for you know, pay for them so they can continue to live. Because yeah. <laughs> th- this game would then for become their job, <laughs> pay for all you know office space. Time, equipment, all these things. And a lot of people, I feel like people don't realize that. It's like, oh, they're charging $60 for a game. Fuck them. That's too much. Where, like, in reality, for some of these games, we should be paying way more. I mean, like, realistically, some games we should be paying, like, 100 bucks for. Like, no questions asked. And then uh, some of the big... uh, 
one of the big things people complain about nowadays is downloadable content, like where you're forced to purchase or, well, yeah. some games force, force you to purchase more. Other games, they make it optional where it's like, oh, you're buying optional things that you don't need. Or they put more story in where you have to pay more. And that's kind of to help subsidize some of these crazy, insane costs. Mm -hmm. And it's just... It's not a good trend. I, I, I want to say this off the bat. It, it's not a good trend for the industry because the cost to make games keeps going up and up and up. And a lot of these games are failing because they'll, they'll invest all this money into these games. And if they don't sell two, three, four million copies of this game off the bat, that's like I'm talking about if if two million people don't pay $60 for this game, if people wait, buy it used. I know that's a big thing. You know, buy it used or wait for it to be on sale or wait for it to drop in price. That's where like you see so many really talented game developers because it's the a lot of the developers are really getting hurt because then the publishers like well we can't go to you because this game didn't succeed so we we're not going to ask you to make this, this the, the sequel or we're going to make a different game for us yeah. so like really talented game studios are are closing down like it's been happening for the last 10 years really good developers are losing everything it's just now we we reach this point where the most popular games are like these cookie cutters where it's like oh call of duty God of War. I mean, I just to pull like name, like Uncharted. Just try to pull like popular names out of the air, where like stuff that does succeed, where stuff succeeds more on the brand than on the actual game. Yeah, and then that's where they can comfortably invest, you know, three hundred, four hundred million dollars. Because you know, some of these teams, like you know, every Call of Duty game takes about three years to make, and you're talking about teams of hundreds, and you're talking about ten thousand dollars a head for yeah. three years, and you're talking about three, four, five hundred people. You're talking the, the, the budgets in the th two, three hundred, half half billion dollars, and you have to hope the sell the game makes a billion dollars to hopefully <laughs> get your money back and then some. It's it's a troubling trend in the in the game industry, and we're I fear I like I've said it before on the show. I fear we're we're headed towards another video game uh, crash where all of a sudden like people are like we can't make games anymore. We're only gonna make cell phone games. Like we're a, like a big company like EA is gonna be like we're gonna only make cell phone games now. Well. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen to them because they still have Madden. They still have FIFA. They have those. But you're talking about some companies might just decide we're only going to go mobile because that's the only yeah. way we can, well, it's we also can sustain. Why, it's why you also see more companies starting to do more microtransactions and uh, yeah. more DLC and mm -hmm. trying to mm -hmm. sell season passes. And exactly. Stuff like that because they know that, I, for example, we were talking a while back about Final Fantasy VII, how it's mm -hmm. going episodic. The reason why is for the development cost. They need to be able to make the other episodes with the no, money that, they make true. from the first episode. Yeah, that's true. They they can't just do one disc and hope that they sell yeah. X amount of copies just because they're going to have to continue to. It, you know, that's going to be a giant undertaking in and of itself. That that's They had always been feared, like that game in specific. We, we've sat here and discussed that game at length here before. Just the, the scope of that game, the time would require to make that. They'd said that, oh, it would be logistically impossible. But now, because... We can they can distribute it over time. Yeah. They can ask you to pay more. Hopefully, hopefully try to justify the the actual cost of development yeah. through episodes. If they ask you, you know twenty bucks an episode or whatnot, or it's like a hundred dollars for the season pass or what. However, they decide to break it down to where Square can oh. hopefully recoup their money. Uh, you better believe they're going to be making it so that if you want to breed the right chocobo, you better pay more. Yeah, that, that's, if you want the correct green, the correct items, the correct uh, Gasol greens, you have to buy. Oh. Because oh, well, right now the game you and I have been playing for the last two weeks, Destiny Two. Yeah. Right now, uh, they have they have an in-game currency where you can buy stuff. It's for the most part, it's like ninety-nine percent cosmetic. There are a few. Uh, there's weapon modifications that you'll get in some of those packages, but beyond that, it's supposed to be all cosmetic. Yeah. But 
they want you to they they want you to spend a little more than you know uh, I I went in a hundred bucks I I bought the the digital version with the two expansions and whatnot. See, I just got the, I I wasn't sure how invested into the game I was going to be this time around. Right, so I just exactly. Got the no standard basic version. You, you just got, yeah, exactly, and, and and that's sensible from your part because you're not you want to invest into a full year if you're not going to go that full year that extra forty bucks yeah. or whatnot. Yeah, and and there's so many other games coming out over the next two months. That I'm sure I'm not going to be playing. That might take that really may take much. your attention. Like me, like I know I'm going to probably just be playing this game primarily. There are other games that I've, I that I want. I mean, I did buy, I bought uh, Metroid for the 3DS, the the Samus Returns. Yeah, uh, I have some mixed feelings about that game. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking forward to the South Park game. Oh, naturally, the yes. Assassin's Creed game. There's a few games I'm really looking forward to. I, I might actually go and get the NBA game soon too. It, it's coming out. Midnight tonight. No, it came out last week, my friend. Oh well, no. Uh, for some reason, it's saying it's out today. Oh well, if you pre-ordered the game, it came you out got it on week. Friday. Yeah. If you did not pre-order the game, it comes out tonight. And see, I didn't pre-order because I I wasn't planning on getting the game right. until they came out with the all time. Although it's funny, like uh, I actually I, I probably could have at Best Buy. I didn't pre. I could have walked in and bought it last night at Best Buy. I saw the the the, yeah. the one. I it was the, they had the Legend Edition with Shaq on the cover. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't want to spend a hundred bucks, right? Even though I, even though it is Shaq on the cover, it's like you know what? I'm not. Uh, Sam from five years ago would have been <laughs> yes. Sam now is like I need to save my money for my baby. <laughs> yeah, you you have a child now. They're the, yes, if, uh, yeah, the, the the children put put things in perspective. We yeah. we were discussing this in the, the drive over where a, a friend of ours ended a relationship because the other person wanted a child, and he's like, bye. <laughs> that that one uh, article that I posted. Which one? About the guy who broke up with the girl oh. over Destiny. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah, that 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 was very amusing. It was like, oh, like it's me or the game. Like, all right, it's the game. Bye. <laughs> he, like, a dude, chose Destiny over his girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, she didn't get it, and I'm sure there are women nowadays out there that will get it. You know, it's funny because like that the the conversation tree that happened in in that article. It was really, it was really curious to see her perspective conf- conflict with his perspective. Did, did you read the yeah. article and see it? Because mm-hmm. he was trying to explain, like, oh, it was his time where he'd get to go online with his friends, yeah. and it's, he's just hanging out, hanging out with them. Like he has his time with her, and then his time with the game. And she's like, no, she wasn't having it. It's like, no, the g- game can't be more important than me. It's like, yeah, it can. <laughs> I, I value my personal time. And it was like, I, like how it degenerated. It was, it was insane. Like, yeah. Like something else I want to touch upon there. Like uh, uh, one of my Facebook friends a couple weeks ago, she posted this uh, status update where she said, "Oh, if a guy plays more than two hours of video game a week, uh, we can't date." Because like, you, and then she's like, hashtag adult or adulting. And I was like, and I remember I was really offended by that. I <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, if you play video games more than two hours a week, you're not an adult. Yeah. It's like, what, if I watch Netflix more than two hours a week, does that mean I'm not an adult either? I, it's like, it's a form of entertainment. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's something that people consume. And it's funny because I've always thought, okay, video games are really accepted. Uh, it, it's, it's much more accepted now. It's an acceptable form of entertainment where back in the in the early 80s, like the mid 80s to late, the early 90s, games were always, oh, it's for kids. Game, yeah. Gaming, games for video games for kids. Fortunately, uh, we were kids then. We we were kids then, yes. Yeah, yeah we, we were the, we were that generation. And also, I feel we're also, we, we really are that first generation that didn't stop. Yeah. Because yeah. I felt like, you know, because in the 70s with Atari and all stuff, it was always frowned upon, like, if you kept playing when you were an adult, oh, that, that's a kid's, that's a toy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a toy. That's how, now, that's how Nintendo it, branded NES. The NES was a toy. That's how they got it here to America. It's a toy. Now it's a sport on e- on NBC. It's a sport on all the channels on NBC, on ESPN, a, on, on a Netflix series. I think coming out about this stuff, uh, putting together a team to huh. compete. Yeah, it's funny. And I remember like seeing that, that that status update where I was just like. Real, I mean, like there, there are still people yeah. who view video games as, as as childish, and I was like, I, 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 I didn't respond because I knew it was like, okay, it just, it, it would be pointless. I'm like, it would be trying to change someone's belief, and I'm like, yeah. I, I, you can't change someone's belief. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, you, you can introduce them to an idea, but like, clearly that that's her belief that gaming is juvenile, and I was just like. I want to say, I'm like, you understand the primary demographic for video games now is like 25 to 35, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the, the, the people who have money. Like yeah. the, the, um, uh, video game companies have learned over the last 10 years, oh, we need to stop going after kids or we need to go after the people who actually have wallets. Yeah. No <laughs> like kidding. the people who will spend their disposable income on video games as opposed to trying to convince a kid to convince their parents to spend the money on the uh, like, oh, please buy me this thing. And we're gonna be 70, 80 years old doing this. Uh, and, and yeah, we're gonna yeah, we our generation is gonna be the generation who's still gonna keep gaming. And then yeah. and then now it's like as you said, the next generation is all these esports kids who are treating it like a sport. I I uh, I've heard lots of people who do talk, they play Counter Strike Global Offensive, at, at, literally as a sport. Well, it's they not can just, actually make money playing it. It's not just that. Uh, esports is also like you know. Spurned, uh, spurred off to stuff like drone racing and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw that on. Uh, I forgot what channel I saw that. That, that was like insane. Is, it's awesome. <laughs> that was insane. I was. I, I forgot. Uh, I, I was at a bar with my buddy yeah. Delo, and I saw that the drone racing. All I ever. I sat there puzzled, holding my beer. I was just like. <laughs> They're really. This is like this is a competition. They're racing these drones through these crazy obstacle yeah. courses. And their drones. The people who are driving them are wearing VR helmets. Oh, yeah. Wow. And the cameras on the drone, so they're seeing exactly it's what insane. they're doing. Insane. It's some intense shit. Yeah. And now it's like I feel like you know years ago that would have been seen as juvenile, but that that's where I like it goes back to this original point. I'm like. I don't see why people think that it's like probably the same people. Maybe you still get this in the comic shop that comic books are only for children. Yeah. When clearly that has not been the case for the last 10, 15 years, where time. where comics have been are now much more direct. It's that same generation, our generation, kept buying comic books, and oh, they all became adult. Actually, I think comic books. It was a generation before. Yeah. I think the generation before us were kids yeah. that became that continued to buy comics. Where I think maybe in the sixties and seventies that was more like oh people were. People threw away their comic books yeah. back in the because they were seen like like newspapers. You'd read it and then you throw it away. I think that that's the reason why people don't understand the comic books. Why the old books are worth so much yeah. is because the majority of the old books were disposed of like newspapers. Yeah, and that's they're rare, hard to find, and now you can't get them. That's hence the value where all comic books after 1992, everyone kept them. <laughs> And they're not rare. That's why X-Men number one can be found for 25 cents from 1992 because a million copies of them were printed. (laughs) And there's still a million of them. People did not throw them away. People thought, oh, I'm going to save this X-Men number one. In 20 years, this thing. My box is full of them. Yep. (laughs) In 20 years, 30 years, this comic book will be worth $1,000 because it's the new X-Men number one. Jim Lee. Oh, look at this. It's worth a quarter. (laughs) Because everybody kept it. Did you see that uh, there's a video floating around like why uh, action comics number one is so rare? Why? Because uh, apparently <laughs> in the back of the book, mm-hmm. there was a coloring contest ah! where you had to tear the page out oh, wow. and send it in. And the worst part is the page that you tore out 
was the last page of the story. Oh, <laughs> that see right there. See stuff like that because like people treated these things like newspapers because yeah. you'd get your newspaper, you'd do the crossword puzzle. <laughs> it, 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 that, that's how people treated these things. So that, that oh, it's <laughs> it's insane when you, when you think about a lot of this stuff. It's madness. We've this is probably the most crazy tangent that we've gone on yeah. in the history of the show. We started with game development and we ended in comic books. I don't know how we wound up over here. We have tra- we have traversed the crazy. I can't trace it back now. This is the worst, best tangent we've ever had. We have tangentially covered so much ground. We are not tangentially challenged. No, not at all. I, I'm I'm like looking at the clock. I we have like one more topic I could hit. Now just What's like. The topic? It was an Overwatch Blizzard one. Oh yeah, okay. But I was like, I mean, do we want it or do we just want to like sell? I I, I I got a quick thirty second thing for you. Give me a quick thirty second thing. Netflix, watch the show American Vandal. American oh, Vandal. Yeah, I want to see that. That looks. It's hilarious. on. It's hilarious. I saw the first two episodes and I I nearly. American myself. Vandal. Well, give me the. Is it real or is it a mockumentary? You know those. Give me the elevator you know those pitch. True crime series that you see. You know, making like, a murderer. And yeah, all that. Yada stuff. yada yada. This is basically one of the funniest spoofs I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Amer- I'm writing it down. American Vandal. Yeah, it's and it's about a, a kid who is no is a known asshole in his school. Who uh, who has a uh, proclivity to go and draw dicks on the on the chalkboard and stuff yeah. like that? Of course, you like this show, Sam. But no, there you was a, there love was a scandal. No, no, there was oh, a scandal better. that He's broke better. out because somebody went and spray painted twenty-seven dicks on twenty-seven cars. Huh. And everybody blamed him. Is there going to be a Catherine Heigl movie, innocence. 27 Dicks? No, everybody blames him, but he maintains his di- his innocence. And the film crew are the ones that are going through all of the evidence for and against it. It's absolutely hysterical. All right. Uh, you, you, you've sold me on it. You, you've sold me on American Vandal on Netflix. That, wow. That, that is very unusual. The, there, there was something else I was watching on Netflix recently that was not Luke Cage. I... I I still need to get back to Luke Cage. Freaking wow. Destiny Two came out and oh, it completely derailed me from from playing yeah. from from watching the rest of Luke Cage. I'm a, I, I was very diligent up until the game came out. I was very diligent in working my way through that, and uh, it just yeah. I want I want to finish it. Uh, I know I know you and I were talking about this uh, pri- privately. Like where I feel like ne- Luke Cage is probably the the best produced yeah. Netflix show I've seen so far, just from top to bottom. Just the overall production, like ch- the music, yeah. the freaking atmosphere, the backgrounds, the freaking sets, the the acting, everything has just been amazing. Yeah, I I've, I haven't enjoyed watching a show this much in a very long, like not since Mad Men. That that was like the last show where I feel like everything was everything was thought of. Like it, it was there wasn't just you know oh it's fuck it we'll just film it here we don't care. Everything was carefully put together. Yeah. And and of course to 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 to, to put a, but I mean both of you said it. It's Black Dynamite, but yeah. more serious. <laughs> it's a more serious, and it really is. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage. I mean, like he you know, he's slyly funny sometimes, but no, he's a, he's like a really serious uh, freaking Black Dynamite. Something's going down in the hood. He goes and punches a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's been it's been really good. Yeah, it's a really good one. Did you see the, the they released the trailer for the second trailer for Punisher? Today? Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. oh shit. It looks like uh, what was the first Rambo? Was it First Blood? First Blood. That's what it looks like. He's hunting these soldiers in the in the forest. Oh my god! I don't know why, but 
Oh shit! A first blood with with, with, with freaking the dude from freaking Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like it. That, I am not opposed to this. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually, it, it was funny. Like at first, I didn't like his Punisher. Like the first episode or t- or two of of Daredevil season two, I didn't like his Punisher. But as the the series went on, I really did enjoy his Punisher a lot more. As they kind of fleshed out the you know the Frank Castle, like all the whole stuff, and then finding out. Which, like, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, freaking Clancy Brown, voice of freaking Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I always think of him as two things, that, that one actor, Clancy Brown. I always think of him, Lex Luthor, from, from the Justice League shows, and from yeah. the Superman shows, and the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the shitty guard <laughs> that, that, that made Andy Dufresne's life a living hell, who, who did eventually end up going to jail. <laughs> I, I always think of him. So whenever I see him and stuff, I'm like, hey, it's Lex Luthor and the shitty guard. Because I'm that guy when I'm watching shows. Yeah. And it's like, like oh, hey, it's so-and-so. <laughs> I've seen you before. I like pointing out things. Hey, yeah, it's a me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Amazing callback. Amazingly awful callback. Call so I'm going to save this topic for next week. We'll, we'll talk about this. It's another video game topic. But, yes, the, I, I'm still sitting here trying to figure out how the fuck we got from game because i i know because I, I know we shifted the comic books to try to i, I tried to relate it to you to the, yeah how the people think it's for kids yo yeah it's the whole yeah when people are not taking gaming seriously yeah. that that's yeah oh yeah no okay i i remember all my tangents now i talked about the girl who said that ta- yeah. uh, gaming two hours of gaming is immature it's immature two hours a week I'm like some of a bit i do freaking two hours a day <laughs> And when, when Destiny 2 came out, I'm logging like walking right now, actually, because I'm just like, like two, three hours a day right now. Uh, I've got an old man. I'm falling asleep at midnight. Dude, I've been having the same issue. I've been trying to stay up and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm gone. Uh, I'll, I'll wake up and uh, I'll, I'll wake up an hour later. And my, my character is like logged off because like, it auto logs you off after a few minutes. It kicks out. Oh, you were sent back to orbit. Oh, you've been logged out because you were inactive. I'm like, oh, wow. I fell asleep. Like, I. I'm getting old, man. Yeah. You got that I, I can't. Puddle of drool forming on your coat. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, the controller's dying because you weren't you know, just. Oh, I'm like, I'm literally falling asleep in my chair. Like, I, I, I can't do it anymore. Uh, I'm turning 38 next week. 38. I can't. You want know what's gonna happen? This is honestly got what's gonna happen by the time we're 70. There's gonna be a ton of trolls playing online multiplayer games where they're just like, you have like, yeah, you fucking suck. <laughs> You're the worst I've ever seen. And I've been gaming for 50 years, you little shit. I've been playing this shit for 75 years. You were the worst goddamn player I've ever seen. I played the original Nintendo, you fuck. I'd say kill yourself, but you're going to do it anyways. You're just going to die. You're just going to die. But you're going to die before me. It must really piss you off that I'm going to outlive you. Your mom is my nurse. She changes my shit bag. That, that's going to be old man fucking trash talking. I'm going to make your mom wash my balls. Literally. <laughs> I've taken shits bigger than you. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I can't wait for old man trash talk. Oh, Holy so shit, dude. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe we just stumbled upon this organically. <laughs> you know what? 
We need to make a video out of this. We actually need to make a viral video out of this. Seventy years down the line, gamers from today, gamers the from trolls today. that they are, are you know, picture them when they're 70, 80 years old, and they're just, and then there's always going to be that one guy who's like that much older, like how we are with the normal gamers right now, with the average gamers. Uh -huh. We're going to be in our nineties, and they're going to be in their seventies. They're talking to you like, hey, I remember when we used to have longer loading times. Commodore 64, bitches. I remember when we still used cartridges. You don't know what a fucking... The only cartridge you know is your fucking vaping machine, you bitch. The last five and a half inch floppy you saw was in your pants. <laughs> We're out of control. See, I, I, someone is asking me about the podcast. I'm like, Mike, we talk about geek stuff, but then we we spin out of control oh, sometimes. <laughs> we like we just let go of the steering wheel and we just go sometimes. I'm sorry, we just crossed over into old man geek river. Old <laughs> man geek river. Get off my lawn, you bitch! <laughs> Playing MMORPGs and I'm get off my digital lawn. <laughs> this is this is what we do on this show. I'm, I'm gonna be the, the old guy going. Eat all the texts. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Tell your mother about this bag of dicks. I'm sure she'll love to suck all of them. <laughs> you you don't even understand what a bag of dicks is, you you, you young little you little bitch. Whipper snapper. <laughs> the only blowjob you've ever gotten is is blowing on an old Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> Back when we had a blow shit. <laughs> you still haven't left your mother's basement. <laughs> We're just degenerating now. <laughs> I can't stop smiling. It's so ridiculous. We need to make this viral video. Yeah, I uh, swear to God. Uh, we well, I, I, know, I know some makeup people who can make us look old. Oh, or, God. All we got to do, well, actually, if I let my hair grow out, it is already gray on the sides. Dude, so, need, I, I'm all in on this. I think that'd be uh, We'll spray some whatever to turn my this even grayer. <laughs> my, my, to, I'll take my 10 gray hairs and make it into a full gray. Like, oh, you little bitch. <laughs> I want to make your mom wipe my ass. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't walk, but I'll still find you and kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I want to escalate so much further. <laughs> but I know I shouldn't. So, for those of you who are really enjoying this, you can always follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dre GP Podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dre GP Podcast. If you want to watch the show live, you can see it, all three of us collapse in fear like just like our friend crunchy sashimi who's watching us right now you can always find us at twitch.tv forward slash dre gp podcast when it is working <laughs> you can follow 100 functionality functionality you can follow this madman at sam z 570 you can follow this kind fellow at nostalgic underscore comics you can follow me on at SoCalClone on on Instagram. I will I draw things occasionally. <laughs> Sam is eating my brains currently. It's out of control. We have two viewers. We have Iceberg and Crunchy Sashimi. <laughs> on Wednesdays, if you really want to get balls deep into comic books, you can 
follow, you can watch the Multiverse Comic Show. That's Pete Malini's show, where I'm his sidekick, and we talk about brand new comics and whatever is happening in combos. Just like I forgot to talk about Colin Trevorrow this week. Who? <laughs> the, the guy who was the director of Episode Nine of Star Wars, but he got fired. Oh. <laughs> I like I said in the Facebook post on Facebook. Yeah, I'm gonna forget to talk about this on Monday. Yeah. Totally dead. <laughs> And occasionally, I know, I know, we're good. And occasionally on Saturdays, I totally did not, I did not do Dre versus the Super Nintendo this past Saturday because I was playing Destiny. (laughs) I got home, started playing Destiny, and about like an hour in, I'm like, I didn't do the Super Nintendo show tonight. Oh, well. So, actually, this Saturday, I will not be doing Dre versus Super Nintendo. It'll be Dre versus Rock Band as my birthday party will be happening during the hour, I normally do the Super Nintendo show, so I'll be live streaming my birthday party. I'll, so yeah, and I'll be live streaming Sam versus Dalsim. Sam versus Dalsim. <laughs> thank you for watch. If you've been watching on Facebook, thank you for watching. If you're watching us on Twitch, thank you for watching over there. Thank you, Crunchy and Iceberg. If you're listening to us on iTunes, thank you for downloading the song. If, uh, d- downloading the song, downloading this. <laughs> It's a terrible song. I mean, honestly. It's a very long song. It's a very long. Or fucking you. Five naked guys are suing me, suing me, suing me, suing me, suing me. Oh, you're good. Huh? Oh, because they're suing. Oh! I turned off the mics for it. Damn it. We missed the joke. We missed the joke. We missed the joke. Thank you for watching. Have a great night. Please, oh, and, and, and Facebook friends, if you want us to keep doing this and hopefully turn this into some sort of enterprise, please share this video. Last week, we had our lowest viewership ever, and I had to go on Facebook and try to guilt you all into watching this. So please share this video with your friends so they can see how insane we are. And if you spend $1,000 on our Patreon... <laughs> Uh, we I, will kindly fillet you. <laughs> See, I was thinking it was gonna have to be something sexual. <laughs> I, I, it was gonna have to be something sexual. If they it will us, be loving, <laughs> you will get the boyfriend experience. <laughs> we will make eye contact, <laughs> or won't. If you don't want eye contact, we won't make eye contact for one thousand dollars. God, hookers don't even charge that much. <laughs> Yeah, but there are three of us. Usually, I have to pay extra for that. You, got, you have to pay extra for the threesome. For awesome. my cohorts, I'm Dre Cervantes. This is Dre's Geek Philosophy. Thank you very much. Please share, 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 share on all forms of media. Please share. Ex- we, we, uh, as Mystery Science Theater 3000 say, keep circulating the URL. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Goodbye.